This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com forward slash critical to find out more. Good morning. I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, the 9th of August. In your Squiz today, a backflip on WA's heritage laws, new priorities for Australian foreign aid, a different kind of Zimmerman sale, and the Matildas keep on breaking barriers. This is your Squiz today. We'll start in Western Australia, where the relatively new Premier Roger Cook has announced that the state will be scrapping their Indigenous cultural heritage laws that have been in operation for only five weeks. Now, this might sound like a local state story, Claire, but the decision has been felt on the other side of the country all the way in Canberra. Let's start back in 2020 to discuss this one. Hmm. Uh, That's when miner Rio Tinto blew up the Dukin Gorge and it's where a 46,000-year-old sacred site was. Rio Tinto had been given permission by the state government for that blasting, even though the local traditional owners had opposed it. And there was a big public outrage after that site's destruction. It led to both the CEO and the chairman of Rio Tinto resigning and new laws that had been put into place were meant to stop a repeat of that incident. And these new laws were passed in 2021 but only came into effect recently. They required landowners in WA to undertake heritage assessments and apply for permits for works on any piece of land larger than 1,100 square metres. Now, that received a lot of pushback from farmers, property developers and miners. And that's because 1,100 square metres isn't that big. It's about the size of three average home blocks Mm. Uh, and also So the assessments were quite detailed and expensive. So Premier Cook said he's going to scrap those laws as soon as possible because there's been a great deal of what he says is stress, confusion and division. It was a big political problem in Western Australia, but there have also been concerns from federal, labour and, yes, campaigners because the issue has been a real drag on support for the voice referendum in Western Australia. Uh, Yes 23 is one of the Yes campaigns. Uh, Its spokesperson, Dean Parkin, was one who welcomed the news of the backflip, but it's also a divisive decision. Uh, A spokesman yesterday from the Duke and Gorge region said that it showed that First Nations people are being treated as second-class citizens. As for what happens legally in Western Australia in the meantime, the state will revert back to its original legislation with amendments they say will prevent another disaster like the blasting of Duke and Gorge from happening again. More politics, Claire. Australia outlined a new framework for our foreign aid spending yesterday, the first time that we've done that in 10 years. And there was a big focus on the Indo-Pacific region. Yeah, so we fund aid programs around the world. We're expected to spend $4.7 billion doing that this year. But one focus of recent times has been support for our Pacific Island family, particularly with China trying to build its influence in the region. And this strategy announced yesterday 
is a contrast with China's approach. We're not putting more dollars in, but our approach is meant to be more transparent and also emphasises employing local workforces rather than the fly-in, fly-out workers that China has been criticised for using. Uh, Australia's foreign aid spending will also come with new gender equity and climate change targets for projects worth more than $3 million. This foreign aid refresh also comes at a time when Australia is trying to mend our relationship with China. Anthony Albanese is likely to get a couple of meetings in with President Xi Jinping before the year is out. Speculation is ripe that he will go to China in October, which will be the first time an Aussie PM has made the trip since 2016. Claire, I don't wear a lot of Zimmerman myself, which puts me way behind the eight ball fashion wise because the brand has just become the highest valued Australian fashion label after a massive sale to a private equity firm. Alex, I've barely been out of tracksuit pants for six or seven years, <laughs> so I don't wear a lot of Zimmerman myself either. But mm. very good news for them. A 70% stake of the company has been bought by Advent International. Uh, they're a private equity firm and They haven't confirmed a sale figure, but analysts say they expect the value of the company was around $1.5 to $1.75 billion. The women behind Zimmerman are sisters, Nikki and Simone. Uh, They retain a 30% stake in the business, which takes their joint net wealth to around $615 million, which is Mm. pretty good for a couple of women who started off at the Paddington Markets in Sydney. Um, (laughs) They have a lot of celebrity supporters. Their fashion really is great. Margot Robbie, Kate Middleton, some very stylish women really love wearing their clothes. And since 2020, they've expanded quite rapidly in the United States and also in Europe. They're even said to be eyeing a move into China and the Middle East. But Claire, with that private equity behind them, the sky is the limit. Maybe they could get into super fashionable tracky dacks. <laughs> This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long-Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. Claire, we could have spent this whole podcast just talking about how great the Matildas are. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because of their 2-0 win over Denmark on Monday night. TV stats out yesterday show that the game set a viewership record. 2.294 million people tuned in to watch that game. It's just an incredible achievement. And the game became the biggest TV event of the year so far. It blew State Mm. of Origin out of the water. Uh, It even beat last year's AFL Grand Final by about 100,000 viewers, which Mm. is really saying something for our footy obsessed nation. Um, Don't forget that there's another knockout match coming up this Saturday and the analysts say that there's a chance that an even higher record could be set. The team is truly in form, Claire, and it has lit up the hope that they might go all the way to the final. And remember how Anthony Albanese backed a national public holiday if they take out the trophy? Well, the states and territories need to decide if that will actually happen. 
New South Wales is on board, but other state leaders say there is a bit to go before they actually make that decision. The World Scout Jamboree is facing its toughest challenge in a century, Claire, according to its organisers, as it relocates from a campsite in South Korea due to an incoming typhoon. Yeah, that jamboree has really had it. They had a heat wave to start with and now hmm. this typhoon coming in their direction. 1,014 buses have been called in to relocate the campers around South Korea. That includes the Aussie Scouts. Um, jamboree activities, though, once they do get to to their new locations will continue. I'm very pleased about that. And I'm pleased I get to say on this podcast, the jamboree has been saved. <laughs> Be prepared. That's what they're good at. <laughs> Squiz the day, Claire. Anything we're looking out for today? Look, lots of squizzes love books. We know that. And it's Book Lovers Day. So definitely one to find a bit of quiet time today and settle down with a good book. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoy the podcast, why don't you give us a five-star rating on your podcast app? And we'll be back again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.